0: Lord, amen. Thank you on the platform, your ministry. Thank you for your giving to the Lord Jesus Christ. If you have your Bibles, First Samuel chapter 3. We're going to be looking in the word of God, amen, this evening at First Samuel chapter 3. We're going to look about verses 1 through 10 in the house of God this evening. And you know, over the years, I have heard the phrase, I heard from God, or God spoke to me. But what I have found is that people will say this for a feeling. They will say this because they want to do something. And nobody can really prove nor deny that Jesus really said something to them. And other times I have seen where people say God has spoke to them and it's spot on. And what I see the most or the question, better yet, I hear the most is this. Is God speaking to me and how do I know how can I be for sure? And from the start, before I even begin to get into the meat of this sermon, I want it to be known that I want to reveal at least some keys or some marks to look for, to, to make sure that it is really God speaking. This is not saying that uh, these are the only three things, amen, that you can go off. But I believe our text and our scripture begins to show us at least the Three keys and ensuring or at least making sure or being extremely, extremely positive that God is actually speaking to us. And we're going to believe God to help us. So let's read our text, 1 Samuel chapter 3. We're going to read verses 1 through 10. The Bible says this, Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. And it came to pass at that time while Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark was, and while Samuel was lying down, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he said, I did not call, lie down again. And he went and lay down. Then the, Lord yet again, uh, then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. He answered, I did not call you, my son, lie down again. Verse 7. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you did call me. And then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be if he calls you. Then you must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in this place. Now the word of the Lord stood and called. As other times, Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel answered, speak for your servant to hear. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you for this time. God, I crucify this flesh. God, I pray that you would help your people, help us to understand your word. Let it go forth, God. And I pray let the spirit of God begin to change hearts, begin to change minds, give understanding where there once wasn't. God, I totally and completely trust in you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. Keys to hearing from God this evening. Keys to hearing from God. Let's look at the first key. The first key is you need to be saved. In verse 1, the Bible tells us, Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord, Before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. We find in our text in the early part of Samuel's life, he has been dedicated to the temple by his mother and father. He is now in the temple serving. We find Samuel working for the kingdom. If the Spirit of God will be able to lead you and speak to you, you need to be saved first and foremost. In other words, you must be born again and the Spirit of God living in you. John 16 and 7, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come, but if I depart, I will send him to you. John 16 and 12, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now, how However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you in all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things that come. Samuel is in the kingdom, doing the Lord's work, kingdom-minded, and God speaks to his people, those who are born again, those who know Christ. It is those that God begins to reveal various things. John 10 and 26, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. And I say to you, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Our text tells us that the message of God was not common in those days. God's silence was in line with the people's sin and rebellion that these people, they were not living for God. There was a whole rampantness of sin going on uh, within the children of Israel, and through that, God was not speaking to them through the prophets. In your own life, when it gets quiet for long periods of time, you better check your spiritual temperature. See, church, we must be engaged in the things of God. You need to be serving God. Christ. It can't be a sometimey thing. It can't be when I feel like it. It can't be sort of, kind of. But everything in your heart geared towards the kingdom, everything you do geared towards Jesus. Where your affections lie, amen, must be in Jesus. In being born again, we acknowledge that we can no longer live by the flesh, but must be led, Amen, by the Spirit. In other words, to repent and serve Jesus. It is to say, Lord, you are King, and the heart of, of my, uh, and the heart and the ears of my heart, are open to your word. Samuel was engaged, folks. His focus was on serving. And in serving, you become in tune. Through prayer, you become in tune. Through reading God's word, you become in tune. And all these can help decipher God's voice. Because when you are truly in tune with Christ, you begin to understand what Christ is and what he is not. And I'm not saying that we'll understand every single tidbit about Christ. But what I am saying, amen, is there is a vein that God lets us go in that we can begin to understand and we can begin to decipher various parts of life. When you're in tune with God, you begin to see what he does and what he doesn't do. And this will help you in hearing God's voice. Before I go any farther, let me inject something here. I need to say and make this very clear tonight. God doesn't always speak through an audible voice. Jesus speaks through his word, through his Bible. He uses people to speak to us. He uses prayer, amen. So stop always looking for a voice. He will use previous situations to speak to your heart. Preaching is used to speak to us. But often it is the word of God, amen, that speaks directly to our hearts. Luke 24 and 27 says this, And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. This is Jesus on the road of Emmaus, amen, and he's talking to these two disciples, and he's revealing himself out through the word of God. Verse 31 of that same text, Then their eyes were opened, And they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, did did not our hearts burn within, within us while he talked with us on the road, and while he opened what? The scriptures to us. How did God reveal himself to these two? The scriptures. So what I'm trying to get you to understand tonight is that don't Think that it has to be just a mysterious voice. We're not into mysticism tonight. But what it is, amen, is that God does speak through his spirit. God does speak to his people. But understand that that you know what? He does use the word of God to speak to you and I. So that's one key. You need to be saved. Let's look at the second key. The second key is you need to be mature. Verse four of our text, that the Lord called him and he answered, here am I, here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. And he said, I did not call you, lie down again. And he went and laid down. Then the Lord yet, uh, called yet again Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. And he answered, I did not call you, lie down, my son. Verse seven is key here. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. God calls to Samuel three times in total, and Samuel is mistaking, mistaking the voice of God for Eli the high priest. I read to you verse 7 that the Bible says he did not yet know the Lord. What did, when the text says he didn't know the Lord, it is saying that he knew the written word, but never experienced this level of hearing from God. In other words, it's not saying that he wasn't born again. What it is saying, though, is that he had an experience in the written word and in serving, but there was another level that he had never been before. In other words, he wasn't quite mature. He was involved. He was familiar. But he wasn't quite mature enough to handle the next level here. See, when God tried to speak to him, he wasn't mature enough to know who was talking. Folks, the bottom line is this, is that in hearing from God, there has to be maturity there. There has to be a level of growth in our spiritual lives to be able to hear properly from God. Because if you are not careful, amen, amen, when you first get saved, you'll think God is talking to you all the time. And what it can be is emotions. What it can be is feelings. What it can be, amen, is different things, situations that you're going through. And you're like, oh, God, you must be speaking to me. And God, I'm not speaking to you yet. You have to be able to decipher those things and isolate those things. And if you are going to do that, it will take a level of maturity. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. But listen to what Paul says I understood as a child. And I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Maturity, amen, is in stages and in time of being fully engulfed in Christ. See, listen to me. You got to give yourself time to grow. So you can be able to discern the voice of God. Listen to me. You, you can't be, you known three months in, oh, God is speaking. God is. Now, look, I'm not saying that he can't, and I'm not saying that he doesn't, but you may have had some maturity to discern what God's voice is and what it is not. Paul said, when I was a child, I understood as a child. I spoke as a child. Amen. So everything that I took in was in a childish manner and is what child is processing. It would be like saying, you know what, I'm mad and I feel like God is telling me to smack this person. To try to bring some righteousness to their life. No, you're thinking as a child. Maturity is in stages and in time. Just because you get saved doesn't make you automatically mature. Just because you've been in a church and you've been involved, as we see in our text, doesn't make it that you are mature. See, Samuel heard, he just couldn't discern. And it was due to his ignorance. It was due to him being young in the faith. Often God is speaking to us, just not in the avenues we would expect or even be able to see. It's interesting that Samuel misinterpreted the voice a few times, but he did keep responding. Church, there are times that due to ignorance, due to spiritual immaturity, you may misread God. You may misinterpret, but if I can give you any type of encouragement, don't lose confidence, amen, that God can still speak to you. Keep responding, amen. Leave your heart open to God, and don't shut yourself in going, well, I misread it this amount of times, so I must not be there yet. I must not understand yet, and I get all that. But still, leave yourself open to the things of God, saying, God, I'm still going to respond, even if I've misread maybe a time or two. Maturity comes from understanding. but maturity also comes from a willingness to let other things go. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1, Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and evil speaking, as newborn babes, desire the pure, pure milk of the word of God, that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is, Lord is gracious. Lay aside these things, desire the word of God that you may grow. See, maturity comes from a willingness to lay aside envy, evil speaking, gossip. I mean, we can go on and on with the list, but that's where maturity grows. Listen to me, just because you're growing older doesn't make it that you're maturing. And just because, I mean, we may sit in a church for 10 to 15 years, just because we may even be in a ministry, it doesn't mean that we are actually maturing. And so maybe this is our issue at times in trying to discern the voice of God and re- is this God, is this not God? Why? Not because God is not speaking, not because God is not trying to stir, but maybe it's because of our immaturity, The Bible says that Samuel heard the voice, but he just couldn't discern it. He was young. And there had to be a time for growth. The second key here is growth. And if we are going to grow, we have to let go of childish endeavors that ultimately hinder us from reaching another, another level of maturity in Christ. That we're going to have to let go of childish things. We're going to have to let go of things that are stunting our growth. I don't want to talk to him because he made me mad. I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. <laughs> and we're trying to figure out, why am I not maturing? Because we are unwilling to let go of these things. And hence we may misinterpret what God is doing. We may misread what God is doing. And it causes issues in our own life. And let me say this before I move on to the third key. That immaturity will always cause chaos. Immaturity in a life will always cause a spiritual chaos. This is when we look at our kids, amen, and they're immature and it's chaotic. They do things out of, they fight each other, they do things. And it's like, if you were just mature, these things wouldn't happen. And you'd be able to discern situations. You'd be, even just recently, my sons, amen, got into an altercation, and I, a fight, a fist fight. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? You have nothing to fight over. Everything is mine. What are you fighting over? But yet and still, they're fighting over this and that. And I'm, I said, if you would just be able to stand back and look at the situation, he didn't mean to step on your shoe. It was because you were too close to the table. and it, Chaos. Immaturity always breeds chaos. And when you have chaos, you'll think everything is the voice of God. Everybody who speaks to you, everything you read. I I remember I had somebody tell me, and and I I didn't mean to be mean about it, but they told me, they said, God spoke to me this past. I'm like, how do you know? Well, I was walking down the street, and I saw a penny that was face up, and I told God, God, look at me if if you want me to do this. So a penny decided your fate. Come on now. We have got to mature and say, you know what? In the Bible, with the 12 disciples, did Jesus ever throw a penny up and say, if that penny looks at you, I want you to go into the nations and preach. Of course not. But there has to be a maturity or we're going to have chaos. Let's look at the third key and possibly the one we don't like the most. Verse 8. And the Lord Samuel Called uh, And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Verse 9. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be. If he calls you, you must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. The third time... Eli is awakened. He perceives that Samuel is hearing something and it must be God who was calling this young man. Notice here that when Samuel would uh, would hear God, he ran to Eli to confirm what he heard. In other words, he thought it was God. He runs to Eli and says, did you call me? And Eli says, no, let me be very clear here. I am not saying that the Bible teaches that headship is just rulers of our lives. But what this is showing us is that headship can give us insight into what we think we are hearing. And this is what we don't want to hear because we feel like, well, I'm a grown adult. God speaks to me too, and I don't have to go to my headship. I don't have to go to my pastor. God speaks to me. But let me tell you something. If you are thinking like that, more than likely, there's a pride and rebellion living inside of you. Because here it is, Samuel runs to Eli and confirms, did you call me? 1 Peter 5 and 2, shepherd the flock of God, which is among you, serving as overseer, not by compulsion, but willing, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, nor as being lords over those entrusted to you but being examples to the flock and when the chief shepherd appears you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away here it is Peter is giving insight he is saying listen he is telling the preachers of that day he is telling the leaders that you are to shepherd them you are to they have been entrusted into your hand look over them and guide them but not to be lords and so often amen people think that the pastor amen and is trying to be a lord of their life when they say, No, God wouldn't say that. The shepherd is to watch out for the souls of men and women in the congregation, to help guide the people of God to fulfill their destiny. And with that, the shepherd is also there to help with the guiding voice. In other words, when you feel like God is speaking to you, I'm telling you, in, in my own experience, it doesn't mean just jump out and start doing things. I have always talked to my pastor. Anytime that I feel like God is speaking to me something, anytime I feel like God is pushing me in a direction, I would go to my pastor and say, Pastor, I feel like God is leading me this direction. What do you think? Why am I doing that? Because amen, I don't know everything. Neither does my pastor, but he knows a little bit more to me. He's been around the block a few times. Amen. He is my overseer, and I want to make sure that I am in tune with God. The third key is you need to trust your headship. That when God speaks to you, it is not a moment to say, well, I know what I know what he, I've had so many, I know what God spoke, I know what God spoke. And I'm telling them, I don't believe that's God, man, because of one, two, and three, and four, and five, and yet, they, no, I know what he said, and then come back to me, yeah, it wasn't God. I told you that. Well, because of pride, well, God speaks to me, too. But then I look in the Bible, and that's exactly what Miriam and Aaron did. They said the same as that thing. Well, doesn't God speak to us too? Why just Moses? But then God looks at them and goes, <laughs> who, don't you ever. So what I'm saying here tonight is that God can speak to you. God does speak to us in various forms as individuals. But yet we have a pastor, amen. We have headship to be able to go to and say, this is why I feel God is leading me. What do you think about it? See, headship Or let me read Hebrews 13 and 17. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive for they watch over your souls. And though as those who must give an account, let them do so with joy and not with grief. For that would be unprofitable for you. Headship is not trying to make you miss God. We're trying to help you get to God. We're trying to ensure that you hit the mark. We're trying to see that you hear God correctly. Verse 9. Go lie down, and it shall be. If he calls you, you must say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Eli speaks into this young man's life to be able to help him, to be able to correctly discern God's voice. Headship can help you. I have seen it so many times in my own life where, you know what, I feel like God said something, and after talking it over after running it by my pastor, and then realize, you know what, I don't think that's God. I think that's me. His pastor gives him the right words to say. I want you to think about that. God speaks to Samuel and Eli doesn't discourage the boy what Eli does is gives him the right words to say the right response so he can so God can speak to the boy so that the boy can do the will of God. That is what our headship is there for. It's not to try to discourage us. It's not to try to, you know, push us away. No, but it's being able to hone in and go, you know what? If God is speaking to you there, maybe you should do this, that, and the third and follow that pathway. and Let's see where it goes. This is why often, amen, our pastor will tell you, God, speak. well, you make sure you pray. Make sure you pray. Make sure, why? And we begin to ask questions. Why are we asking questions? It's not, amen, that we think God can't speak to you, but we know that there are emotions involved. We know that there are things that we want to do for the kingdom that maybe God doesn't want you to do. And so sometimes you need that guiding voice, as Samuel needed. I thank God that I've had pastors in my life that have been able to direct me in discerning the voice of God. But this speaks on a deeper level of relationship. You need to have relationship with your headship. And often when we don't have relationship with our headship, we don't go to them for anything. I got it. I can figure it out. I'll do it. And you run down a slippery slope. It's the men and women who I have seen that refuse, amen, to go to their headship, that refuse to go to their pastor, that refuse to speak, amen, to the the shepherd, if you will, of the church. It is those men and women that I see go out of the church the fastest. Well, I have my own relationship with God, and that you do. But that relationship also involves the church and your headship. It's not isolated. It's all one and the same. And let me throw this in for free as I close. If I can give you another half a key. God doesn't do anything outside of his word. And so I've had some people say things to me that were extremely weird. And what I will ask them is, can you find that in the Bible? Can you find that instance? Can you find that principle? Can you find what you are thinking? Can you find it anywhere in the scriptures? Because we all know that God doesn't go outside of his word because he is the word. And sometimes they'll say no, and I'm like, well, you better. (laughs) You might want to go back to the drawing board on that one. And why? Because we are trying to make sure that the people of God are not running down rabbit holes and chasing wrong things. But more importantly, we want to make sure that the people of God are not being set up for traps where the enemy can take you and die out. Proverbs eleven fourteen, 14, where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety let me close verse 10 now the lord came and stood let me read that again the lord came and stood and called as other times before if you notice previous times it was just god calling now we read he's there and calling samuel samuel and Samuel answers, speak for your servant hears. I want to leave you with a couple of things. Notice verse 10. This time Samuel is called twice. There are only eight people in all of scripture that have been called twice. Eight. This twice means a closer relationship. It means a more intimate relationship. It's the grabbing grabbing the attention of someone I love because he wasn't called twice before then. Interesting, it wasn't until Eli counseled him and then from there, his understanding and maturity increased and now God is calling him twice. Second thing I want you to see in this verse is that the Bible says now that God stood and called him. Now it's a revealing of himself. And this is what happens. This is the progression. We get saved. We mature. We get good counseling. And it is there that God begins to unveil our eyes so that we can see him. He came and he stood and because he got good counsel, and because he responded correctly, God opened a door for him to be able to be one of the greatest prophets of the Bible. Do you see the progression here? Gets saved, starts serving, maturing, gets good counseling responds correctly because of the ladder that I just said, and from there now God is standing and calling him. If I could say anything else, please talk to people with spiritual sins. Not just anybody off the street. But all these things culminated into the will of God for his life. Tonight, church, all those things will culminate for you to be able to walk confidently in the will of God. All those things that I just mentioned to you, those are the keys. Again, I'm not going to sit here and say those are all the keys, and that's all. but I'm telling you, those are three main ones. If you don't get nothing else, get those. Make sure you're saved. Serving. Make sure you're putting away childish things and maturing. And make sure that you have relationship with your headship. And when you feel that God is calling you to a certain thing, when you feel that God is speaking, you go and speak to them and you take the counsel of your headship. That was the key. He, uh, Samuel took the counsel. Eli said, when you hear it again, say this. And that's exactly what Samuel did. He heard the voice and he said exactly what his pastor told him to say. From there, and unveiled and unlocked his destiny. Tonight, church, those are some keys that can help you, help you discern the voice of God. Let's bow our heads for a moment. For a moment of time, you're there. We thank you for joining us. But tonight, hearing from God, keys from hearing from God. But as I said in my opening, the first thing is you got to be born again. There's no way around that. There's no way of circumventing that. There's there's no way of of, of going a different manner. That's why Jesus said, they know my voice. My sheep, the ones who are in my fold, the ones who are born again, the ones who are believers, they know my voice. Because outside of that, you won't be able to discern God's voice. You're here tonight. Maybe you're not born again. Maybe you're backslidden. Whatever you want to call it. It's so many... The bottom line is I'm not right with the living Savior. I'm not right with God, man. I need to get right with Jesus Christ. It's chaos in my life. It's chaotic. I'm doing all types of stuff. I'm in all types of places I don't want to be. I'm in all types of situations that I can't get away from. And it's killing me spiritually and even maybe physically. See, I need to be born again. I need to get right with God. I need to repent of my sin. If that's you, whether you're at your home, whether you're watching on Facebook, whether you're, I mean, however, YouTube, wherever, however you're watching it, you can get saved at your wherever place you may be in. And if you would just repeat after me, you mean this in your heart, and you really want to be a born-again believer, you really want to believe in Jesus Christ and begin to serve him, then I want you to repeat after me very quickly and say, Jesus, thank you for your grace, for your mercy. I thank you for the blood that was shed for me. And I ask you to forgive me of my sin, to cleanse my mind, renew my mind, God. Give me a new heart. And I ask you, Lord, to cover me, to protect me. And I thank you that I'm able to serve you all the days of my life. I give you my life, Lord. It is yours as you will for it. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.